Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We're joined today by sales acceleration strategist, author, and keynote speaker, Jeb Blount. Jeb is the author of eight books, including Fanatical Prospecting and People by You, and among the world's most respected thought leaders on sales, leadership, and customer experience. Jeb helps sales organizations reach peak performance by optimizing talent, leveraging training, developing leadership and coaching skills, and applying more effective organizational design. Through his global training organizations, including Sales Gravy, Channel EQ, and Innovate Knowledge, Jeb advises many of the world's leading organizations and their executives on the impact of emotional intelligence and interpersonal skills and delivers training to thousands of participants in both public and private forums. As a business leader, Jeb has more than 25 years of experience with Fortune 500 companies, small businesses, and startups. He's been named one of the top 50 most influential sales and marketing leaders and is the most downloaded sales podcaster in iTunes history. Now, let's welcome Jeb to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. So, Jeb, I want to thank you for being my co-host today for the radio show. I have to say, we discovered your books not so long ago, and for a lot of our coaching members and our listeners, they've been a revelation. And I, you and I were just talking prior to the show. The reality of it is, is there's not too many people that are saying, and I was so. His reason I was so glad when we discovered you. Say, you were saying basically exactly what we're saying uh, in your own different way. That maybe I think from the feedback I'm getting from some of our listeners, they really appreciate. Uh, it, it, the truth is, is that in this marketplace where salespeople are so inundated with all these done for you, pretty shiny objects of confusion that they really aren't moving forward enough and a lot of them are burning out basically because they have an overwhelm of information and uh, your book and books are such a fantastic way for someone to really kind of cut through all the mickey mouse like we try to do every day on this radio show and get to the truth of what it means to be a top-notch salesperson so for that i thank you and also for being my co-host today Um, thank you very much for your time i appreciate that well tim thank you too i'm so grateful to have the opportunity to spend some time with you and I I do. I think your message is right on the money and you're telling people the truth. And that's to me, what's, what's most important is that there are people like you and I uh, and Julie who are willing to stand up and, and look people in the eye and pull the veil away from all of the, the magic fairy dust that these folks are selling in the marketplace, mostly just to take your money and, and just, and tell people, this is what it takes to be successful in the real estate industry today. This is what you have to do if you want to make a good living. Wow, you just summarized about about 2,000 of our previous podcasts in about two seconds. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so um, <laughs> what what are the top three challenges you're seeing that salespeople are experiencing right now? The, you know, the, what, right now and say, for example, 20 years ago. I think I think number one, if you if you were to do that, like so, from now until twenty years ago, the number one thing is distraction, because we have so many bright shiny things in our environment that distract us. I mean, I know that like I travel pretty much every day. I spend two hundred and seventy days a year on the road, and and I live by my phone. And every time that stupid thing blinks, like there's something that pops up, my attention moves to that. And we've got our phones, we've got Facebook, we've got LinkedIn, we've got Twitter, we've got Instagram, and we've got all those alerts. Plus, we've got you know we've got all of the things that are going around us. I mean, look, I'm in my radio, I'm in my car. I've got I don't know 400 radio stations in my car because I've got Sirius FM, and I'm, I'm, you know in the middle of all of that, we have the internet and we have the disruptive economy that is changing everything. And you know it's interesting for real estate agents. I talk to real estate agents who are afraid that the internet is going to take over their business. So you've got that disruption, which is worry and fear and doubt. So if I were to roll back to say, let's say go back to just like 1995, you didn't have all that. You had you had a 
you know, MLS and you had houses that you were listing and you had some magazines that they were in and you had clients and it was really traditional in the way that you dealt with people. And today there's just so many different channels for, for dealing with people. And all those channels are a two-edged sword. On one, on one hand, those channels can get you into to see people. They can get you connected with, with buyers. And on the flip side, or, or and list and, and people who want to list their homes. And on the flip side, those those same channels can be a huge distraction, and they can steal your day. And that's why one of the things that we you know we focus on with salespeople is time blocking, which is transformational for salespeople. And that is blocking your time into small blocks, concentrating your focus on one activity at a time, and removing all distractions. You'll get more. So that would be number one. I think number two is for 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 salespeople um, is What's the best methodology to use in order to, for example, get listings? What's what's the best thing that I can do? And because there are so many options, it becomes overwhelming, and it's something called cognitive load. And that's that's what happens to the human brain when we have too many things going on. And so salespeople get confused, or they get overwhelmed, and when that happens, you start trying to uh, to to find sort of a magic pill that can that can shortcut all of that. And it's for salespeople, the challenge is learning how to leverage all those challenges. I mean, all those channels. For example, I'm a I'm a big believer in a balanced prospecting methodology. I think there are multiple channels that, that you can use to gauge um, someone who wants to list their home or someone who wants to buy a home, and you should be using all those channels in the right measure to get in front of the right seller at the right time with the right message. And so, so salespeople have to learn how to balance. And I think the third thing that's that's really impacting sellers today is and, 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 and I'm, it's hard to say this in, in the right way because I think that we have a multi-generational audience but but the boomers are moving out of of the marketplace X Gen X is you know is sort of shifting into their 50s and 60s so you have this massive group of Millennials who are coming through and you've a, you've a group of people who for most of their life have use technology as uh, a way to keep human relationships at an arm's length. And this generation of, of human beings, uh, who I love dearly because I spend most of my time teaching millennials, but this generation of millennials, they are socially conscious people. I mean, they really care about society and human beings, but they treat human relationships in the abstract. So I'm going to give you a great example of this. <clears throat> I've been running an experiment for two weeks. I get tons of prospecting emails. People send me emails and they say, hey, can we meet? Or they have that stupid calendar link at the bottom of their email. They're asking me to meet with them, but they want me to chase them down. They do those things. So I've sent 16 responses back. And every one of my responses says exactly the same thing. It says, if you want to meet with me, you have to call me. And my phone number, my cell phone number is right there in the email. I have gotten zero calls. So the <laughs> The big challenge is getting salespeople to recognize and real estate agents to recognize that this is this is not you know B to B B to C it's H to H it's human to human, and we want to use the channels that that are going to give us the best opportunity to connect with a human being, and it's the same thing with you know with with follow up. I I got a, a letter from a real estate agent who had heard me on one of the the shows that I was on and wrote me a letter and said, Hey, I want to be your real estate agent. And it was a nice handwritten note, but there was never a follow-up and I'm just not that easy, right? I'm just going to take one note and be, you can be my real estate agent. I want, I want something else. So there should have been a follow-up phone call. There should have been another touch. And I think that this, 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 this um, problem that we've created in our world of, Treating, you know, treating human relationships in the abstract is really hurting people, especially in prospecting. Those would be my top three challenges. I'm sure that there's probably 20 more. Um, I wonder what you think about that. Everything you just said. I mean, you know, the bottom line is, is that what a lot of people are trying to do, it's not just millennials. In our industry, real estate industry, and I'm sure it's true. I know for a fact it's true in every industry, and you, you have this big, huge audience of just salespeople, you know, and all different, you know, you're known globally as being an expert training salespeople not just in our space, but I'll tell you, it's the, it's the belief that you can somehow magically buy your leads. It's, and this is what I, Jeb, this is what we hear constantly. And look, you're, you're being more direct than you were on your, in your book. And so let's just, you and I not make sure we're avoiding weasel words, but you know, I am so sick of people, agents being lied to about the fact that somehow you can magically just hit the easy button, buy your leads, have all your leads shuffled to some drip campaign, have the drip campaign send them all these nice emails and all this other crap, 
and then magically those people are going to turn into leads for you. That is the sales pitch that I just encapsulated of, you know, that these agents are hearing one form or another. Oh, you're going to buy impressions on Zillow. You're going to buy direct leads from this company, Facebook ads, all this crap. So about buying leads, that's the seductive part for salespeople. Um, and, and so how do, you, how do you actually help someone to realize where or, or how the bot leads fit into the, I don't know, the, the menu of a successful salesperson? Well, there is a, there is a place for you know, purchasing leads. So, for example, we use in my business, and we sell into um, B2B companies, and we do a lot of training, but we use a company called Discover Org, and I have a great relationship with them. They do a beautiful job with, with their leads, and they're really, really, really expensive. I mean, this is not an a inexpensive play, but the difference is that every one of their leads is vetted by a human being, and that's one of the reasons why we do business with them, and one of the reasons I talk to them about that. But that's just one step of the process, right? So all that does is give us information. I know the CEO of a company. I know the person that's underneath them. I know that. But at that point, just because I have that information, not to do something with it. And, and this is the, you know, the drill that I send to, to salespeople. If you think that you're going to be able to send one email to a CEO and magically that person's going to respond to you, you are smoking crack. It doesn't work that way. It's no different than the real estate agent who sent me a beautiful handwritten note but never followed up. You, I mean, you didn't make the next call. I've got familiar with you. I learned your name. You, you sent me something that was interesting, that, but you've got to take the next step. You've got to follow up. And that's the same thing. Look, if you're placing a Facebook ad, there's nothing wrong with Facebook ads. I mean, you can target people. You can get close to them. But if you think that that's going to result in you listing a house, you're out of your mind. Now, well, that do. doesn't mean that there's not going to be a human being that's going to list a house with you once, but that's gravy. But if you're creating a drip campaign, like if you're let's say, let's say they're using a tool like ClickFunnels, for example, and you're you've got something out on um, on Facebook, you've got a problem. But I'll tell you, um, if you uh, if you want to really <clears throat> impress me on Facebook, uh, you're the real estate agent that um, Amanda, for example, who is in my city, who I went to high school with, but I see her on Facebook all the time, who just won the president's award for her company. And she posted that online or uh, Neil Schwartz's group out in California where I see their folks all the time you know, doing prospecting calls and they're posting what they're doing. And if you're a buyer and you're looking at that, you say, wow, these people are actually working for me. I mean they're doing something. But, but even then, you've got to pick up the phone. And by the way, those leads, I mean if it were me, why wouldn't I just go grab the MLS and take a look at all the expirations? Let me take a look at all the new listings. And if someone lists a home, why don't we just go to their house, walk up to the well, door, knock on the door, and shake their hand? Here's you know, the funny because, part. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you're saying, though, just to focus, because I know what our listeners are thinking, like, in everything you said spot on, but it's kind of a funny thought. The lead selling companies, listeners, how do they end up selling you? How do they end up actually closing the sale? Oh, I know. They call you. They actually pick up the phone. You know? I don't know if a lead they selling company – They to you. Exactly. They tell you it's going to be easy. It's not. It's not. And that's, that's just the main thing, guys. You've got to see the social. You've got to see the uh, millennials or anyone else. And the, you know, people, I'm Generation X, and people, I don't know, my age and older are overwhelmed and confused. And it, they don't have to feel that way. They just have to see it for what it is. It's just a compliment to the selling, but the actual selling, the actual doing the work, the real work, involves picking up the phone and face-to-face appointments. That's always going to be that way. And to try to think it's going to be another way means you're just going to frustrate yourself, and you're going to probably fail. And that's what I see, Jeb. There's people and, that are selling information, coaching you know, agents who have never sold real estate before. I'm sure you run across this all the time, who have never really sold anything before. And they just show up, and they start talking about this magical Facebook ad or this beautiful new scheme to basically do these you know, ridiculously complicated you know, technical things to somehow get people to want to do business with you, and you literally don't have to. And this is the pitch, Jeb, a version of it. You don't have to. Re- they don't teach sales skills. They don't teach anything because they don't know them. They're just teaching these sort of elegantly complicated systems to somehow, you know, cultivate leads. That's the stuff that is uh, ruining careers and making people think that somehow they're the problem. They're the failure. Whereas the reality of it is, is if they're not, <laughs> the system is. Yeah, I mean, where, where's well, your mind going? I have that? for you. This yeah. is the thing that I have for you. So think about it. If all of these people that have these great schemes for making you a bunch of money, 
we're so good at making money. Why are they selling you the scheme? Why aren't they making more money? Because they can make way more money like selling houses than they could selling you this stuff. The fact is, is that they couldn't do it on their own. So they came up with a way of selling you. It's, they're selling picks and shovels. They're not selling houses. And, you know, that's where you go back to what works. Here's what works. A buyer lists their house. You didn't get the listing. Sorry about that. That's too bad. But there's a certain percentage of those listings that are never going to close. They're never going to move to closing. When's the best time to approach them? The day they listed the house. Why? Because if you walk through their front door, you shake their hand, you have a conversation with them, you introduce yourself, now they're familiar with you, now you have a relationship, now you can stay in touch with them, and you can nurture that relationship along the way. And when their house isn't moving and it's time for their contract to come up, you're going to get the first call. I'm not saying that you're stealing something from another real estate agent. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is that if you have a relationship with them, you're going to be the best person to get there. But what do most people do? They wait for the, the buyer to contact them. And if you're sitting around waiting for buyers and sellers to interrupt you, you are going to lose because they're so, not going to interrupt you. You have to interrupt them. That's right. Well, you're actually rolling into one of your themes from your book, your great book, Fanatical Prospecting, which is really the essence of – why it is that people are fearful of prospecting. And Julie sent me this question. What are a couple ways you help salespeople overcome their fears of picking up the phone or as you say in your book? So, And guys, if you have not gotten Jeb's book, we talked about it practically every day in the last month, Fanatical Prospecting. Go get that book absolutely positively. Um, but you say really what it, what prospecting is and always will be, I'm not my word's not yours, and you just got to accept it is you're interrupting. So what are a couple ways you talked about millennials, that are not used to, you know, to have not only um, a, a no experience with picking up the phone, not a high level of comfort with picking up the phone to do something other than text, mind you, um, but actually have a, maybe a loathing of being perceived as a salesperson. These are all emotional things I'm sure you deal with every day. So what are a couple ways for this person that's listening, they're feeling like they're converted, right? They're finally in our tent. They're realizing I'm sick of all this electronic horseshit, and they're wanting to actually finally learn how to be the best salesperson they possibly can. What are a couple ways you help them to cross that threshold into uh, picking up the phone? Well, first of all, I'm taking that, that, that quote from you, and I'm putting it on a bumper sticker. I'm tired of this electronic horseshit. I like that a lot. That was really good. Um, it, so there's a couple of ways. First of all, I just tell people the truth. I mean, I just – I, it's just, look, here's the deal. Prospecting sucks. It sucks. I mean, if, <laughs> if you had anything else you could do in your day other than prospect, you would. That's why the charlatans who sell you the easy fixes, they, that's, why they, that's why they get through, and that's why you start paying for it because you know that prospecting sucks, and you're looking for an easy way out. I mean, that's the what reason why someone can sell you a diet program where you, know, you spend all this money to lose weight, and you usually don't lose weight. If you do lose weight, you put it back on. When the reality is, is if you burn more calories than you take in, you will lose weight. I mean, it's a pretty simple thing, right? But, it, but dieting sucks. There are things in our life that suck. So first of all, this is the deal. You have to decide what you want. If you want to be successful, then success in real estate sales is paid for in advance with prospecting. Success in anything that you do is paid for in advance. And success, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to accomplish, is always about what you're going to sacrifice, not what you're going to do, always. And for prospecting, it means that you're going to sacrifice a little bit of pain. Now, that's the truth. The second thing that I teach people is this. I say if you're going to do something that sucks, why not do it fast? So my belief is that you want to be efficient and effective. You want to make as many prospecting touches and the least amount of time with the most impact. That's what you want to do. That's why I start looking at, like, if I'm listing houses, I want to, I want to be you know, focused on where I can get the most listings. So I'm looking in neighborhoods. I'm looking on MLS. I'm looking at expirations. I'm looking at buyers. I'm doing good qualifying. I'm managing my list. If you're dealing with a guy like me who invests in real estate, then you want to, you want to have, you know, I want to have you as a real estate agent in my back pocket who's helping me and looking for things. So wh however you develop your, 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 your base. But you want to make sure that you're calling a good list of people, which is something that you can develop easily on your own. And every, by the way, every real estate sales representative needs a CRM, whether your company's providing it for you, your broker's providing it for you, or you're going out on your own. And if you buy fanatical prospecting and you go to the website, there's a whole discussion on different CRM programs. But one of the easy ones for, for, you know, for real estate sales professionals is Zoho. If you're independent, you don't have anything. That's Zoho. It's a 12 bucks a month. But you, you have to have a good, a good list so that you can be effective. So efficient and effective. 
And then the third thing I do, especially with millennials, is I help them concentrate their focus and block their time. And I typically do it in 15-minute blocks, as crazy as it sounds. I was just this earlier this week, I was sitting down with a group of millennials in a room. Now, I'm Teflon, so I, I come in and make them do it. I'm like, guys, here we go. You got your list in front of you. Go, yes. Oh, you have 15 minutes to make 15 dials and set one appointment. And almost everybody set an appointment. Some people set two. Some people made 10 dials. Some people made 18 dials. A couple of people made eight, eight dials. But in Wait, 15 Jeff, minutes. Hold on. Hold, hold on. Let me, let me, let's go back to that because you just said you were basically, that was the essence of the question. And I promise you, I know my listeners, that's going to be what they want to know about. You put a bunch of millennials in a room and got them to work. Right there, that's something that's pretty incredible. Let's just be honest. No, I'm kidding. Joke, joke, generational joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, but seriously, you, so you put, a bunch, you put some guys that are not, don't have any uh, experience picking up the phone. You put them in a room. You gave them 15 minutes, and you said, here's a list of people to call. Right there. Go back that, to that spot. That's where the listeners want to yep. hear. How did they actually – what happened? Was there a bunch of raw, raw? Was there a bunch of mindset? Did you doctor fill them for five days no. on basically all their fears? No, I just no. said – no, I said you have – no, I just, let me give you the tone of voice I use. All right, everybody, you have 15 minutes to make 15 dollars set to – set one appointment. Go. That's how I do it. And I do this over and over and over again. We run Fanatical Prospecting Boot Camps all over the world. And I walk in, and when we're doing it, we're doing – you know, we, we do it at like a 15-minute phone block every hour. Now, sometimes I'll do 30-minute phone blocks. If I'm dealing with B2B reps who have some experience and I've worked with them in the past, I'll run 30-minute phone blocks. In my office, we do power hours. So we run for an hour at a time. And I've got a couple of clients who do 20-minute blocks. So they do, they'll do three 20-minute blocks. But what you'll find is that when I do 15 minutes, for most people, they make more dials and have more impact, more outcomes than they did in the last, like, 10 days. Because most of the people, are, they're planning to plan to plan to plan to plan to call. They're procrastinating. They're putting it out. There's, for example, I was working with one agent that was taking 11 minutes between every call because she was doing research, like researching these things. But almost all of her calls were going to voicemail. Finally, I said, if you touch the computer again, I'm going to break your knuckles. Pick up the phone and dial it. And then when she started picking up the phone and dialing it, all of a sudden, and she burned through you know, 15 people that went to voicemail, and then she got the one that set an appointment with her that allowed her to go out and list the house. So you, you have to make as many dials as possible in the shortest amount of time with the most impact. So if you're having a hard time like getting over the fear of calling, block your time, concentrate your focus, turn everything off, computer off, your cat videos off, your Google off, your Facebook off, everything off. You cannot multitask. You're not, a, you're not capable of it. Take 15 minutes. Put a list in front of you of 15 names. You dial them as fast as you can, and then you ask for an appointment. And that's what you do. That's all you do. And then you stop, go to the water machine, complain to people that prospecting sucks, do whatever you want to do, and in five minutes you come back and do it again. And if you do that three to four times a day, like if you, if you, let's say you did four 15-minute blocks a day and you're a real estate agent, I guarantee you that you will, you will have more listings and make more money than anybody else in your office. I guarantee it. Your agents, you know, Jeb, they don't appreciate how absolutely amazingly cool this uh, industry is. Uh, yeah, there's lots of this and the other thing that makes it so that it's hard. But most of the, hard, most of the uh, bad experiences you guys have are self-created from listening to all the static and the noise out there from all these people trying to sell you the easy buttons and just go through and listen to everything he and I have talked about and realize that if you were to cut all that crap off and you were just to drill down the essence of what makes you money. And this is something, Jeb, this is uh, one of our pillars of our, our coaching business is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level it will lead to a long-term ever-increasing success. And that's what you're talking about. And I love what you said because it's so perfect. Uh, the reality of it is, uh, listeners, is that you are probably never going to feel like prospecting. It's always going to suck. It's going to feel fantastic when it's over, even better when you uh, set an appointment. But all the getting ready to get started and the planning and the practicing and all the rest of it, Learn on the phone. Learn while you earn. Learn, you know, if you're going to fail, fail forward. Don't just fail having never launched. That's the thing. And it does suck. It always will suck. But the thing is, it's the most uh, direct way to make money in any business, let alone real estate. And as you know, Jeb, at real estate agents, they have people that are literally in their communities right now jumping up and down say, please help me sell my house. Unlike virtually yep. every other sales career where you have to go and convince people that they need your product. You know, sell around Absolutely. the competitors. I mean, it's incredible. And if you, you talk to, to enough of them, they're, you're going to pick up listings. You're going to pick up Easily. good listings. Well, I, don't, so, I, I hate, I hate but, you. I love what you said. You, true. You, you, yeah. you earn while you learn. So I, wanna, I don't want to go away from this. So I want, I want to 
one of the things that happens when I bring in a new salesperson to my company, they say, well, what do I say? And I say, get on the phone. And then when you get things that, that you don't understand or you get a question or you run into roadblocks, then come to me and I'll coach you. Well, tell me what to say. No, go experience it, then come back. So right. on Tuesday, I was, I was in Tampa with a, with a company that sells office machines. Now, I've never sold an office machine in my life. I've never sent a copier or, a, or a, a printer or any of that stuff ever. Never touched one, never sold one, don't know anything about it. And I'm coaching a group of sales reps with one of my clients who I, I'm there on a regular basis working with them. And one of the reps is kind of struggling. And so I sit down with him and say, give me, give me three of your pages. So he has a list of, of, of leads that he's calling. And I sit down next to him and I start dialing. Now, I don't know anything about this. Now, you can imagine that I'm sitting in front of a group of reps. There's 20 reps in the room. They're all looking at me because I'm supposed to be the expert in this. So part of my heart's like beating out of my chest because I don't want to look like I'm an idiot. But at the same time, like I've got to show this kid that, man, you can do this. We can get this done. And I don't know anything about it. So like the first call, I stumble a little bit. I mean, the person gives me a really hard objection, and I screwed it up. And the second call, same thing. By the third call, I was getting better at By the fourth call, I kind of understood the rhythm of what people were saying. By the fifth call, I'm listening to the people around me. 28 calls later, I'm getting great results from it. I learned while I was doing it. I didn't have to like spend four weeks studying this. I didn't, like you said, go through a kumbaya mindset shift. I didn't have to do any of that stuff. All I was asking for was an appointment. And what I, what I really had to deal with was the, you know, the, the reflex responses and brush-offs and objections that were giving me. So one of the things that I'm doing on the phone is I'm trying to get to know as quickly as I can so that I can turn those things around. But the point is, is, and the point that I try to make to everybody is that, and you said this so, so um, eloquently, you have to do it to understand it. You have to do it to learn it. It's the process of, of doing that that makes you better and better and better. It's like anything else. The more reps you get, the better you get at it. It's the doing it. That's really the if – there's if there's some magic thing that I could give to every one of these listeners, every single person out there listening – can do it. That's and it's not. That's not bullshit, guys. You guys don't have to basically wait for some magic lead. To, stop waiting for magic leads to come in on your email and your voicemail. Stop waiting for some sort of lead fairy, as as he said earlier, to somehow sprinkle lead dust on your shoulder and magically all your problems are solved. Don't do it. Just stop doing it. Those are all I would call them elegant, glorious lies. And they're also, guys. By the way, they're trends. You wait five years from now, and then you know maybe we'll all be basically artificial intelligence, and you know our our uh, avatars will be selling to each other. I'm not really sure. So our so our script. Well, let me ask we you a question. Can I ask you one more question? When when someone sells you a lead, are you the only person they sold that lead to? <laughs> I know, Jeff. Right. It's so insane, dude. <laughs> it's so. But you know the funny thing is, is when they start selling leads in general, about it was about 10, 11 years ago. That's when all these lead selling marketing companies and agents they're in every industry. They're selling leads, and not you know, Zillow's not selling leads to chiro chiropractors, but every single industry is inundated with all these companies that are trying to basically sell them back leads. So it's not just our space, but Jeb, there's been research that's been it's done, everywhere. and you know this too, everywhere that's shown that these bot leads are basically crap. You guys might as well just take a white page, as Millennials, that's a big book with phone mm -hmm. numbers in it, and you might as well just start calling the phone numbers in there, and you're going to probably have the same hit rate for bot leads. So, you know, I'm just so sick of the lie. It's insane. All right. So um, scripts, let's talk about scripts a little bit. Our scripts that we make are, are question-based and story-based, and I know yours as well. How has the sales approach changed in the past? I keep on using two decades, but, you know, you can use 10 years even. But how has the sales approach changed? It seems like a lot of the ways that people like to communicate aren't as direct as they used to be. What's your mindset on that or your observations? Well, let's. That, this is a good question, and it's a long question, so uh, long answer. The, let's think about a couple of things. One, has the human mind changed in the last hundred years? And the answer is no. The way human beings, there, our brains have not evolved in the last twenty years. Now, are we inundated with all kinds of different things that are happening to us? Yes, um, but the the way that, that human beings deal with human beings has not changed. And if we think about it like this. Um, People buy for their reasons, not yours. People list their home for their reasons, not yours. So if you think about this as a real estate agent or anyone else, the most impactful thing that you can do in any type of human conversation is to get the other person talking, get the other person telling their story. And if you're a real estate agent, you know this. If you sit down with a potential lister or a potential buyer and you ask them a couple of questions, then they're going to tell you a big, long story. 
inside those stories are their emotional cues, the things that are important to them. And if you learn how to ask questions around those things, you win. You also said telling stories. So people communicate in stories. They tell you stories, you tell them stories. And the biggest problem for salespeople is that when the buyer or the listener is telling them the story, we tend to be bored because we all have this insatiable need to feel important or significant. And when other people are talking, we don't feel that way. So we, as salespeople, we have to manage our disruptive emotion, our disruptive emotional need to feel like we're on stage, like we're significant. And real estate agents have a big problem with this because they have a tendency to do what I call pitch slapping. They're talking and talking and talking at the person. But if you're <laughs> asking questions, that. <laughs> that's going to be in our book. We'll give you credit, but we'll give you, <laughs> Julie. I know you're listening. Pitch slapping. <laughs> so pitch good. slapping. Yes. But if you're talking to the if you're talking to the buyer, right? If you're if you're hitting them with all of this stuff, they're not paying attention to you. So so it's your ability to to tell stories that that disrupts their expectations, that activates their brain and brings them to you. And it's your ability to turn your own mouth off and listen to them that activates them telling you stories and creates deeper emotional connections. And this is what we have to understand. And I'll, I'll give you one um, sort of one last thing to think about because I'm not a big into, you know, have, you know, have buyers change. The human brain has not changed in a millennia, but What's, 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 what has changed is our expectations for dealing with people. Our attention spans have changed. I mean, we, most people have the attention spans of a gnat. But we, but we didn't like people talking at us in 1880, and we don't like people talking at us in 19 – or excuse me, 2017. I'm in the wrong place. So, um, but think about it like this. The buyer and the seller, how they begin a conversation. The seller typically begins the conversation at logic. So, for example, if you're a real estate agent and you're walking up to have a conversation with someone about listing their house, you begin with all of the, your comps. You talk about the data. You talk about your ability to fix things, solve things, do things, sell their house, list their house, market their house, all those things. The buyer starts at, do I like you? Think about that. So the seller, the, the real estate agent is starting at logic. The buyer is starting at a basic question, do I like you, which is emotional. The seller is at logic. The buyer is at emotion. And, and, and that's how it goes all the way through. And the longer you get into the sales cycle, the, the, the more logical the buyer gets or the seller gets or the lister gets or the, excuse me, the, 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 how, the, the homeowner gets. And the longer you get into, this, in this, into the buying process, the more emotional the, um, the real estate agent gets because the real estate agent wants to list the house. So they start worrying about whether they're going to get this. And that's the problem that you have is the buyer and seller are perpetually out of sync. So number one for, for agents is this. A, you have to get the meeting. You have to get in front of people. And the bought leads aren't going to get you there because everybody's calling them. You have to go out and initiate that. You have to go interrupt people. And when you get into that meeting, when you get them engaged, then you have to turn off all of those things inside of you that you think are the right way to sell. And you have to start listening and asking questions and learning about them and allowing them to decide whether I like you. And there's five questions that they're going to ask of you, a real estate agent, your, 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 um, your homeowner. Do I like you? Do you listen to me? Do you make me feel important? Do you get me in my problems? Do you understand me? And do I trust and believe you? And if you're a real estate agent and you answer those five questions for your homeowner or the person that you're taking out to buy, if you're, if you're helping someone buy a home, if you answer those five questions, it becomes almost impossible for them not to list their home with you. I'm sure you're an advocate of sending information ahead of time in some format that basically overcomes all the you know usual typical fears and objections of any kind of person that's being uh, sold to. In our case, it's sellers. And we have – and listeners just remember and coaching members remember, I know you're loving this interview. I know you guys are loving Jeb and you're going to buy his books. But remember, use the pre-listing pack that we give you. Absolutely positively use the pre-listing pack because all the things that he just talked about are covered in the pre-listing pack. So when you show up at the seller's house, all the big questions that they may have, may have while you were there or would have had while you were there are completely resolved to their satisfaction. In many cases, even if you're going on your first listing appointment and listeners, you know this, go to our private Facebook page, listen to what other coaching members are experiencing, brand new agents. When they follow the program, they get consistent results. We've done the heavy lifting for you. So it's not a mystery. Um, you know, again, that's one of the blessings of being in real estate nowadays is you guys have such 
easy, relatively speaking, access to great information that's proven to work. So, Jeff, I wrote down the last question I wrote down for you, or, you know, if you and I spin off in a different direction, you want to spend more time on the phone, I'm certainly not going to end it if you don't want to. But what are the two or three characteristics? This is kind of like the usual question in an interview like this. But what are the two or three characteristics of a really, really uh, a great salesperson? Well, let me give you five. Um, and here's and let's let's not go really really great salesperson. Let's let's say ultra high performer. So, go. for for example, look, there's a lot of average salespeople out there. There's a lot of average, and um, and I think most training programs, most programs, it sounds like you guys are teaching people how to be ultra high performers. Most most training programs are teaching average salespeople to be average. And then there's some good salespeople. And that's the 80-20, right? There's 20% of the real estate agents are making 80% of the commissions are making 80% of the listings. But I'm interested in the like the one top one to five percent ultra high performers, the agents that are consistently you know on the top of the list nationwide. In every office, there's an ultra high performer. They just they're listing everything. They're making so much money. What do those people do different? And there's five things that ultra high performers do different than everyone else. First, they're fanatical prospectors. Um, and and they have a, they have a pipeline full. They list everything. They sell everything. They are they are full. And one of the things that that does for them is it helps them become super confident. If you've got a ton of listings, it's really really easy for you to be confident. And all sales is is one person transferring emotion to another person. And the two most important emotions are our confidence and passion, our confidence and enthusiasm. That's how you get more listings. So it perpetuates. The second thing is that they are obsessed with time. They, 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 they manage time, they manage time, they manage time, they manage time. They recognize that they only have so many golden hours, golden hours at the time during the day or the weekend or what have you, that you can actually interact with, um, with buyers and sellers. So the thing is, is that you only have so many of those times. So they are, they are just obsessed with how they use their time. They don't waste their time on anything. They use every moment wisely. Number three is that they're disciplined with win probabilities. If you take a look at ultra high performers, they are not scratching lottery tickets. When they list a home, they list a home to sell it. So they don't waste a lot of time because it's easy. You can go out and list all kinds of houses that you'll never sell. Because there's a homeowner that lives in a neighborhood of, say, $150,000 bungalows that thinks that their house miraculously with the purple living room you know, is worth $350,000. They'll list it with you, but you're never going to sell it. So, so ultra-high performers are, are disciplined with outcome. The outcome is if a list of houses is going to sell. So they're really good at qualifying, and they're really, really good at, at understanding their, their buyer. And that, that, that's where they become, and I believe they are virtuosos with people. They understand those five questions. Do I like you? Do you listen to me? Do you make me feel important? Do you get me my problems? So I trust and believe you. They understand that. They have the ability to interact with other human beings in a way that, that allows them to influence those people to make better decisions. And everybody who, who is listening to this podcast has been sitting with a buyer who is delusional about what, this, what it's going to take to sell their house or who needs to spend some money to get that house upgraded so that you can move the home. And, and so these, these ultra performers are really good at getting to know the buyers, understanding them, building that trust, and influencing those buyers to make the right decisions. And finally, they have drive. And drive is a combination of competitiveness, optimism, and the need for achievement. And competitiveness is important because when we talk about prospecting, for example, you're going to get told no. You're going to fail. You're going to have problems. And if you think about top competitors, what do top competitors do? When they fall down, they get back up. That's what competitors do. All you got to do is look at this year's Super Bowl and look at what happened when New England beat my Falcons, right? They were down. They were competitors. But they said, you know what? If I can get up, if I can look up, I can get up, and they kept doing that. Optimism is important because, listen, if you're in real estate or any other sales job, you're going to have a lot of situations that are going to turn out negative for you. Optimistic people, they keep going because they say, you know what, around the corner is my next opportunity. And finally, there's the need for achievement. I mean, I, I think that if you don't have that inside of you, and I think some of that's innate, it's really difficult to, to operate at that level. When I say need for achievement, like I'm trophy driven. I used to tell my sales managers, look, I just want the trophy. I want to be number one. I want to stand on stage. I figure the money will come, but I have this, I have this desire like to outperform everybody, and I have that on the inside of me. And when you look at ultra-high performers, that's what they do, fanatical prospectors. Right? They're, they're obsessed with time. They're disciplined with win probabilities. That's how they play the game of sales. They only focus on high probability opportunities. They're virtuous with people, and they have high sales drive.
Your phone is a little. Your your cell phone's a little. If you're, I can. T- I have a feeling you're walking around just for what it's worth. We heard everything you said. It's just that some of our, it, the cell phone was uh, breaking up just a tiny, tiny bit. No worries though. We I'm heard sorry, every but, single oh. thing you said. No problem. No problem. <laughs> I I, uh, I walk and talk at the same time. It's almost impossible for me to pay, stay stationary. You know, so, I think so I was just sitting. Like, I'm sit, I'm sitting down. I think I got so excited I was moving the phone around. My my hands are moving and everything else. There you so go. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> I'm not moving around. Actually, I have a better story. Uh, so, guys, I'm sorry if you Jeb's phone is a little bit uh, hard to hear there. Uh, we got 99% of it because he's flying in over Europe right now in his jet. He just uh, decided to spend the evening in Paris uh, in doing a seminar. So that there it is. So we, we should just be grateful we go. have him at all. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. It, it really it, – I'm going to – can I ask you one more follow-up question? Do you mind? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so, well, for, just a comment, first of all. Everything I just heard you say, when you kind of coalesce it, you're obviously like a driven, passionate, crazy freak, you know, like all the rest of the top producers are out there. All the, anyone who's a top, you know, salesperson, anyone who just I was naturally more optimistic, not always necessarily, but that kind of vibe, that energy, that's what I feel from you. You know, true kinship, to be honest with you. And success is a state of action, not a state of being. You know, success is a verb. And, and one of the things I really try to – when I'm talking with someone who's never done sales before – when I'm talking to someone who's come to real estate, hoping they can have some overly analytical approach to it, thinking they could, you know, not have to pick up the phone, they, all these rest of it. What I, what is important, or they're saying I don't have passion for it. Oh, I hate that one. Or I just don't, you know, feel. They're waiting for their emotions to basically lead their way to action, and that's a huge fail point for most people. Is they're waiting to feel, and that's where. The weasels sneak in, guys, and sell you their their snake oil because they know you're waiting to feel a certain way before you'll take action. They know that in the back of your mind, none of you guys wake up in the morning feeling like prospecting. By the way, nobody does. And so what they're trying to do is make you feel a certain way, and then you're assuming that your actions will follow. But they never do. And if you guys want consistent results, you have to learn to do what you don't want to do, and you don't want to do it at the highest level. And then your emotions will follow your actions. So get into action. Even if you totally are completely the worst at everything, you will get better at it if you do it consistently. And then what will happen is your emotional state will change to follow your actions. Please, listeners, listen to what I just said because it's true. Your emotional state will follow your actions. If you're not feeling good, if you're not feeling motivated, if you're not feeling successful, if you're not feeling all those things, get off your butt, get into action. Just any kind of action, really, to start, and then move towards the actions that you know you're going to get a result. So, is, is do you agree that basically people that are trying to say I have to be successful, I have to be passionate to be successful? Do you think the that passion, that ego-driven emotion, is a prerequisite for success? When I tell people who talk about passion, I say, look, it's it's awesome to find something that you're passionate about, but it's way better to take your passion wherever you're going, right? So, so I think that, that it's exactly what you said. Like, I don't feel passionate every day. I travel, I, I spent, like last year, I spent 272 days on the road. This year, it's looking like it's probably gonna be 280. Now, can you imagine that? I live in a really nice home and I, and I have a family that I love, but this is my job, right? My job is to go speak to people. I love doing that. But I can tell you that, you know, on Friday when I was sitting in traffic, coming back from the air, you know, from the, from the airport, and I was worn out and I was tired, and I'd had days when I got in and had three hours of sleep before I had to go on stage and give a keynote, I didn't feel very passionate. I didn't feel passionate at all. But what did I do? I just kept moving. I believed that momentum drives it. I believed that momentum has something to do with that. I also, you know, this morning I got an email or a note on Facebook from a guy who is kind of in my space who says, well, you know, you've been so successful at it. I want to build out my speaking and my, you know, in my career and my presence. Like, how do I do that? And I get these, I get about once a month and I, you know, I wrote him back and said, you know, I wish I had an easy button for you, but let me tell you what it is. I work my tail off. I work seven days a week. I work really, really hard. I write books. I don't have a lot of fun in a lot of cases. I mean, it's not like I'm living, you know, a, a, it's, I don't live this, you know, amazing life where I go on vacation every day and I'm sitting on beaches, which I think some people think. Um, you know, and it takes a year to write a book, and it takes thousands of hours to put into it. And and I'm willing to get on airplanes and do things that most people are unwilling to do. You know, wh- I, I, what are you looking for? I mean, the question is, can you tell me the easy way out? There is no easy way out. And if you think about it from a real estate standpoint, if you want to be successful in real estate, it's a hard work, and the hard work is prospecting. Yeah, that's the bottom line, and it's the, it's the truth for everything too. And yeah, I mean that. <laughs> 
Uh, listeners, I'm going to wrap with a really interesting kind of fun story. I was on a listing appointment. Uh, this was 20 years ago, Jeb, and I was meeting with this guy in New Albany, Ohio, where Julie and I were selling real estate at the time. And this was a very upper-end area of Columbus, Ohio. And I remember we got a call or an email from this guy, and we go and knock on the – you know, and I, I researched him prior to the appointment enough to know that the guy literally – Jeb, this is like the lottery ticket of all listing calls. He had probably three or 400 houses that this guy owned, no loans owned. It's like, how the hell did that end up on my lap? So he wanted me to come over. And so he had this big, massive mansion. It's one of these deals. You're in Georgia. You have houses that are like this. It's a Georgian yeah. you know, type thing with these doors that are like 30 feet tall when you walk to the door. You know, It's like, what the hell? How tall is this guy? <laughs> so anyway, I remember driving up, and I remember uh, I parked in the street because you know, I didn't want to clutter his beautiful driveway. And I knocked on the door, clonk, clonk, clonk. And then slowly this door opens, and it's almost like a comic, you know? And the butler met me. No kidding, a butler in a house in New Albany. <laughs> Seriously, it's crazy. I've never had an experience. So this door opens. Well, there was no squeak. It was a well-oiled door, but you guys, you get the idea. So the door opens, and then this butler, who was, he wasn't dressed like Jeeves, but he was dressed in like, he looked like he could be like a ninja kind of outfit. So he leads me to this sitting room. Now, the, 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 the insanity of it doesn't end there. So I'm sitting, I, I mean, I'm 5'9". I'm not a big guy, but they sat me down in these chairs. These chairs in this room were scaled to the room. The room, of course, was ridiculously big. And these chairs were probably a good 30 to 40% bigger than a normal chair. So here I'm, I'm sitting in this chair that completely doesn't fit me. I'm, it's like I'm wearing a size 100 suit. You know, it's crazy. And so they let me sit in there. And then I see that, you know, there's some things that are put on the you know, table in front. It's just gorgeous. Like, I've only been in rooms like this when I've been in Europe with Julie. So in walks this guy. And he's, he's a, an Indian guy. He's uh, not. He's, prob he's probably at five six, five seven. And he walks in, and I have to be honest. I was nervous. I'd never been in a situation like this before. I'd never been around somebody that was this rich before. I mean, not in the. In, yes, I had, but not in the way that I was going to be hypothetically pitching him, right? Or you know, selling to him. Right. And so he must have sensed that I was nervous. I'm sure. You know, it wasn't hard to tell. And he goes, you know, you and I are in the same business. This is what he said to me, Jeb. And I go, so what do you mean by we're in the same business? Uh, it, I should have said, he, the guy, he was a, a, a doctor, okay? He was a cardiologist. And he said, we're in the same business. He said, I am in the business of selling people uh, medical procedures, and you're in the business of basically, obviously, selling real estate. And if I'm not really good at my ability to sell people medical procedures, I'm not going to make any money. And then he went and started to tell me how he chose this particular – he could have had his practice anywhere in the country, probably world, and how he chose Columbus, Ohio, and he put his office in this area where he had already researched, and he knew that there was a lot of smokers up there. I mean he'd done all this research to decide where he was going to actually establish himself. And then he and I ended up having this interesting question or interesting conversation about how he has to sell – and he was maybe just doing that to make me feel uh, more comfortable, but he ended up being one of our best clients. He ended up just being a long-term, just absolute asset to our business. But it wasn't until that very moment that I realized what I'd heard and read before, that the most successful people in the history of history have always been salespeople. The, most, the wealthiest people always. in the history of history have always been salespeople. And even though we're being raised in this world to believe that somehow – yeah, uh, you know, I, I, real quick side story. I read a story on CNBC about some CEO. It's been a CEO of a bunch of companies, been wildly successful, written books himself, and he said the most important book he ever read was this book on sales. Right, this book that he didn't need yep. his 15 PhDs to get. And, and guys, that's the essence of it. If you're not experiencing the life that you want to experience, it's if you're not helping, it's it's a mindset of being of service. That comes with the mindset of being the best version of you you possibly can be. So be like that doctor and everyone else who's been successful for the last forever, and realize that it, if your highest and truest purpose is to be of service to others, which it truly is, then learn how to be an absolute phenomenal salesperson. A phenomenal salesperson is someone that helps people solve problems. And uh, mindset-wise, Jeb, I experience it all the time in real estate because a lot of people come to this industry, never have had sold anything before, have a head, uh, you know, have head fog about basically what it means to be a salesperson. So they call themselves other things, consultants, home selection expert, all these other goofy things I see on business cards. <laughs> <Like an expert. laughs> right? You're a salesperson, own it, and so master it. So Jeb, listen, I am a fan. Uh, I will forever um, suggest people read your books. Guys, start with his incredible book, Fanatical Prospecting. 
Um, if you've been, and all of you at some level are struggling with your real estate career, some of you guys who are my age and older, you're thinking, oh my gosh, everything's changing and I can't keep up. That is not true. You're being sold a bill of goods. The fact is, is that the way the business was mastered 20 years ago and 2,000 years ago is still the way it should be done today. Nothing will ever replace direct communication person to person. Learn to be a really good communicator. Learn to be a masterful salesperson. And absolutely, positively, learn to be a fanatical prospector. So, Jeb, if they want to get a hold of you, hire you to be a keynote, which I can imagine everyone listening who owns a broker, brokerage or whatnot would love to do that, how can they get a hold of you? Sure. Easy, a couple of easy ways. Um, you can catch me on – let's just do social media – Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you can catch me on at Sales Gravy. So I'm just at Sales Gravy in all those places. Love when you connect with me. That's fantastic. On on LinkedIn, I'm you know I'm Jeb Blunt. You can just find me on uh, on LinkedIn, and that's B L O U N T. You can reach me uh, at my office. I'm at 844-447-3737. 844-447-3737. Uh, my my main website is SalesGravy.com. That's SalesGravy.com. And you can read my personal blog at jebblunt.com, B-L-O-U-N-T. And there's lots of podcasts out there in addition to this one where you've, gotten, where you've given really great interviews. So you guys can tune in in every possible way. And, uh, yeah. So, guys, listen, dive in with two feet. Uh, absolutely ear gorge, you know, on everything you can that's in this space that's going to reinforce the idea of you doing this type of work because this, is, this really is the truth. This is the no bullshit way for you to be successful in any sales career, real estate obviously being uh, the listeners of this show. Jeb, I really, really want to appreciate our thank you from all of uh, you know, our, our, everyone who works for us. All of our sales reps read your book, by the way. Um, our coaches read your book. <laughs> you know, it was Christmas presents. That's what we used it for. So uh, thank you very much for ha um, having the courage uh, to actually write the book. And then uh, listeners, now it's up to you to actually use something with the information. So, Jeb, thank you very kindly from all of us and all of our listeners uh, for being my co-host today and for being such an amazing contributor to the true, uh, the essence of success. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>